1: presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store
0: to make the switch today Meet or on the rocks it's the sports bar with danger and battaglia on the sports leader 957 fm and am
1: 950 the fan rochester Joined now by Jim Riley the host of the Odyssey original podcast barreled up covering all things major league baseball it's starting to heat up we've got some wild card races some pennant chases and we've got a pretty significant injury to the game's best player Jim welcome back into the sports but how you doing bud
2: thank you for having me always a pleasure to join you guys I'm doing I'm doing uh, I'm doing well we're, we're cranking up like you said we've got the pennant races going we've We've got news. August is usually reserved for the dog days of summer, but that has been the furthest thing from the case this year with, with, for better or worse, uh, a lot of of these storylines.
0: Yeah, well, the worst part. Let's get this out of the way. Shohei Otani, how much do you blame the Angels? And uh, there are just these signs that I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Like these starts, remember one against the Padres, oh, I've got cramps in my finger. Or there's also a scene uh, when they're playing Texas of Shohei welling up in the dugout, which, yeah, other than Wilmer Flores, I can't remember another instance like this. So is he welling up because he's in pain? I. Jim, what do you make of this situation here? Was this just horrible luck, or the Angels to blame?
2: I think maybe maybe you could say a little bit of both. I think that some of, some of the injuries that we had seen from Otani weren't really or didn't seem to be that connected to the UCL, which is what ultimately was the the, the final straw here. And you know, a lot of times you'll hear about forearms and things like that, and ends up. Leading to well, here comes the Tommy John train again. Otani is one of those things. You're 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 going to try to push through some things at this time of year, knowing that your season is sort of in the balance. The Angels just went through a – mean, they didn't they didn't they didn't do well. Uh, they just went through a 19 game stretch where it was their season. Their season was on the line. It was a brutal schedule, playing some of the best teams in. In MLB, the Rangers, the uh, the Astros, the Braves, and they got their butt kicked. They, they went they went six and thirteen in that stretch. So it was kind of like time to game up and go, and we see where we're at now.
1: Jim, I, I think of a couple of what ifs with Shohei. One, I think what if. The Angels ended up trading him at the deadline in the haul that they could have gotten for you know basically allowing Shohei to be a rental for another team and and what if that other team that acquired Shohei uh, then had to deal with this injury like did the Angels oh. could the Angels have known that, that the usage was so out of control that that they might be dealing damaged goods and how many hundreds of millions of dollars do you think are left on the table now with this injury to Shohei?
2: That's an amazing what if. I mean, it, 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 you would think if the Angels saw something like this coming, it would have increased their likelihood to trade him, right? They came out there pretty firmly, uh, you know, several days before saying, "No, we're not going to trade him." So you got to think that there was they didn't suspect anything. And you're right. Oh, man. But, Jim, how could they –
1: I guess my – here's another part. How could they not – he does something that nobody else in the game does. How could they not see this guy could break down because, we, you know, everybody in the world of sport now, everybody tracks everything, every step, every meal, every calorie burned, every pitch thrown.
0: Oh, and and that he played in March – like the in the world basketball Mark. So how
1: could they not know yeah. that this was it could potentially happen to anybody, but the the likelihood of it happening to a player like Shohei, given how much he's used, they had to know that this was coming.
2: And well, I I, I don't know. I mean, you see the Rangers doling out money for Jacob's Grom. You see you see these teams taking that risk and either paying big bucks or or, or throwing guys out there. Uh, you're trusting what the player's going to tell you. You're trusting what your pitching coach is going to tell you. And if 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 they're giving you the thumbs up, uh, you're gonna you're gonna keep going. Um, but I, I, that, that what if that you threw out is is fascinating about another team having maybe traded pieces for him and then not get to actually roll with Otani or not have him for this for this playoff stretch. In terms of the money that he could be missing, it's a fascinating question. It is. Certainly, right on the tip of everyone's tongue after they you know talk about the UCL, because you would you you we all kind of figured he was a five hundred million dollar man like that, At was, least. that was the starting point that yeah that was that was the that was to enter the room to have a conversation, and now is that still the case, and I don't know, we're gonna see because there may be some teams that want to play it smart and conservative that don't want to go to five hundred, but then there may be teams that say, well, this is our chance to get him. Because before, we didn't have the chance. we Maybe the Angels actually have a better chance of re signing him by saying, you know what? We're going to pay you like the UCL thing never happened. Or the Yankees. The Yankees have the geographical disadvantage. They're on the East Coast, where it is Otani wants to stay on the West Coast. But what if the Yankees will say, you know what? We'll pay you as if the UCL tear never happened? Uh, it, and, and, you know, what are the West Coast teams? What are the Dodgers doing? Um, it's going to be fascinating to see. I still think he's going to break the bank because you're going to you're you're going to see the potential well we've seen the potential and and to have that on your team I, I still think he's going to probably walk away from this free agency at with the richest contract history, even with this lingering
0: yeah i look at the contenders uh, one more show hey question because I'm, I'm still wondering where he's gonna end yeah. up and you know the dodgers you mentioned i look at teams that we know were in on Aaron Judge that missed out, the Giants and the Padres. The Padres, for some reason, act like they're in New York. Um, <laughs> are there any other contenders like a Seattle, maybe a Texas? Is there Are there any other teams that might pop up and, and enter the bidding, in your opinion?
2: Well, now we get to what is your risk tolerance. Um, prior to this UCL injury, I think anybody that could find money would be in play. And then it comes down to, well, where does Shohei Ohtani want to play? Does he want to play East Coast? Does he want to play West Coast? Does he not care about that anymore? So anybody prior to this injury would have said, if we can find the money, we're in. That's That includes, that's, that goes anywhere from the Dodgers and the Yankees to the Orioles and the Athletics. If you can scratch the money together, let's go. Then you get to where do you think Ohtani wants to play? And after going through this with the Angels, he's going to, wants to choose to go to a winner and that narrows the field down because the Padres sure they'll be there with the money but look what happened this year they had the money they went out and got players they have Soto they have Bogarts it it doesn't matter they're losing and if you're Otani and you look at that situation I don't think Otani's going to want to go somewhere thinking that he's the missing piece he's going to want to go somewhere that's is already established at and, and capable of making a World Series run. So that's where you kind of start to look back to the Dodgers. Um, maybe Seattle can get into the conversation. I can't rule them out because they've shown over the last few weeks that they can get their stuff together and make a run. Um, so it really it's going to depend on on location. It's going to depend on Otani's preference and. Team's risk tolerance because Seattle may say, No way, we're not paying that money if we don't know if he's going to pitch and hit and how effective a he's going
1: to be. Uh, you mentioned the Mariners, and, and I'm curious, Jim, uh, as we talk with uh, Jim Riley. Uh, the host of Barreled Up in the Odyssey app. Which which teams do you have the jeweler's eye on here as we draw closer to the postseason? These wild card races are tight. Uh, the AL West feels very tight right now, with Texas holding a slim lead in that division. But you got both Seattle and Houston a wild card position in the NL. You know Chicago, Cincinnati in the Central, albeit probably a down division. But th- there's some fascinating teams kind of like on the fringe here. How do you see this all playing out? What are you looking at?
2: In the American League, the interesting element is what's going on with the Texas Rangers right now. They are on a seven-game losing streak. Mm -hmm. They are really struggling right now, and Houston is just kind of hanging around. Houston's not really playing that hot either, but Seattle's on fire. So there's a good chance we could come out of this weekend and Seattle could be in first place. So you're now looking at can three AL West teams make the playoffs to get the wild card or does Toronto fit in? Um, And you can't, I guess you really can't count out Boston either because Boston's hanging around. Seattle has a very easy schedule over the next week and a half, which could help propel them even further. So we're going to probably, if the schedules play out and and how, how they look like they, they could, you'll see Houston, Texas and Toronto going really head to head to head for that final wild card spot. And, I don't know if Toronto is consistent enough to get there. I mean, that's my team, but I I just don't see the consistency there. Uh, I think we could see all three AL West teams get a spot. And then in the National League, I'm going to lean on the side of pitching because that's a much more jumbled up situation in the NL. So in the American League, it's really, you know, Toronto's on the outside looking in and then it may Boston. So we got two extra teams outside of what's available in the national league. You've got four other teams outside of what's available, trying to grab a wild card spot. And I'm going to lean on pitching for that. So Philly's looking good right now. I'm going to say Philly makes it in. Then you have separated by about a game and a half, the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Reds, and the Marlins. And I, I, I I'm erring on the side of who has the best pitching out of that group which leads me to the Cubs and Miami. I don't trust San Francisco's pitching. I don't think Arizona has the pitching to do it. And the same with Cincinnati. Those three teams at the deadline should have gone out and grabbed one of the starting pitchers that were available. None of them did that. And I think they're going to pay the price. I think pitching wins out in the end in the national league.
0: Jim Riley, our guest here, um, (laughs) <laughs> the loaded question, how do you rebuild the New York Yankees? I mean, we spend a lot of time talking Yankees here, Jim, and I, every Yankee fan I talk to, they want Cashman gone. People seem divided on Aaron Boone. My take is this, that it, you know, for alignment, you probably want your GM, if you're going to hire a new GM, to bring in yeah. their own manager. But it, this isn't a quick fix, correct? I, yeah. I mean, how would you go about actually rebuilding this once proud franchise?
2: Well, Cashman's last name might as well have a, a hyphen Steinbrenner in there. He's basically blood. He's basically family. I, I don't see him going anywhere. They'll trust him to rebuild the, the situation here. Um, whether Boone is a part of that is, I guess, still a little bit up in the air. I think that depends on how this team finishes out the season. You know, They're playing terribly, and they may finish below 500 for the first time since the early 90s. Which is which is amazing, so does Boone end up having to pay the price for that, or do they make sweeping changes around him, which I honestly think that's more likely the case. I know they, they just brought in the new hitting coach John Casey and and all that, but I feel like before Boone goes before Cashman goes, I think there's maybe a fundamental shift within the organization, and then you see how Boone you know handles that, and if he can't handle that well, then maybe he's got one more year and he's out. After the 2024 season. I know Yankee fans want somebody to pay the price, but I feel like both of those guys are still going to be there. And because I mean, The other thing you have to consider, for the manager perspective, who's out there that you want to go and grab and insert into that chair? There's nobody that great. Everybody that you would go grab would be an unproven commodity. Now, granted, Boone was an unproven uh, commodity as well, and, and it's kind of sort of worked out a little bit, but this team is in for in for I I don't see they have so much money wrapped up in Judge and Stanton and Cole and, and now Carlos Rodon. I don't think they could go out there and, and buy their way out of this. So they're gonna have to count on the prospects that, you know, they finally called up Everson Pereira. That's that's a nice step in the right direction. You, you gotta get Pereira more at-bats. You gotta continue to develop vote because that's what's gonna fix it. I really think that is what's gonna fix it, which may mean next year is not a Uh, a banner waving year either it's a tough spot that they're in with the money that they spent you could argue the Stanton contract is is the biggest setback Uh, i've got yankee fans that still point to that as the moment when the roster you, you sort of started to decline so you've got a tricky situation that unfortunately is not an easy fix and yankees may have to Live with this mess for a little bit longer than they're comfortable with,
1: Jim. I'll hear Yankee fans throw out the name Derek Jeter. Anything?
2: I don't think so. I mean, this—he—he he didn't. I mean, what did he do with Miami, right? Other than get get rid of that uh, that the the, the 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 monument statue out in the outfield that everybody <laughs> that everybody loved, but he hated throughout him. the artwork. Yeah. yeah, throughout the artwork, he he didn't really do anything. That's uh, transformative in Miami and the Yankees are not really, they haven't shown that nostalgia to go out and hire people. Manningly never was a guy, um, you know, even though he kicked around and he's been managing around and now he's, uh, you know, a bench coach with the Jays. I don't know if there's a Jeter play. I would be skeptical. I don't know how Jeter would even fit in with because. Jeter, I don't think, would replace anybody. You would fit him in. Jeter maybe underneath Cashman, but what's that going to do? So I, I can't see that being anything that um, makes any waves or, or, or changes anything drastically.
0: We're talking to Jim Riley. Um, I, I got a chuckle reading that... <laughs> That was the first time that Oakland A's uh, owner, John Fisher, had actually spoken nationally uh, rather than in front of a microphone since he bought the team in 05. You've got to be kidding me. Finally, he's speaking. And, okay, what's the plan in the interim? Where's the team going to play? I don't know. And I, I get a kick out of the the, you know, the the artist renderings. All fake. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's not going to fit on that land. So I guess my question is: Like, is this actually going to get approved by owners? Oakland going to Vegas?
2: As um, as as odd and complicated as this as this feels, I, they're going to Vegas, and it's going to be a little awkward in the interim. And it's just, I, I think it's it, it shows how. Uncomfortable a a relocation can be right now. Um, I, I think they're going to Vegas, and I think it's just going to be awkward and uncomfortable. And yeah, I mean, Fisher is. You know, we've got we have a few owners that are that are speaking, and and maybe it would be best if they if, if they <laughs> did it, but. Um yeah, it's just gonna be a weird situation there with the A's until they finally get to get to Vegas.
1: Jim, uh tell us a little bit about Barreled Up now. You've been doing the pod for a couple of months here in the Odyssey app. Uh let our audience know more about you, more about the pod, and more about what we can expect here as as we get into September.
2: Yeah, we're gonna be cranking up uh, about all about all about these uh these pennant races as as we gear towards finally getting to the postseason. Uh, a lot of guests coming on. You know, you've got uh, me and, and anybody familiar with the YouTube spaces. We've had uh, Foolish Baseball, uh, we've we've had uh, Stark Raving Sports, Robbie Hyde, other prominent YouTube baseball uh, creators in the space on with me talking baseball. So we kind of dive into it. We talk everything baseball from you know, prospects and, and player movement to. Postseason and 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 team activity, so definitely check it out uh, if you haven't yet.
0: Jim, great stuff today. Let's do this again uh, as we're approaching the postseason. For sure. Thank you guys for having
2: me on again. I appreciate it, truly do.
1: Diafc, Jim
2: Riley, he is the host of Barreled
1: Up, uh, the Odyssey Original Podcast. Make sure to follow Barreled Up in the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yeah, as uh, I think Yankee fans their head are exploding like. He doesn't see Cashman going anywhere. What if they run it back?
1: I don't oh. think Cashman's going anywhere. I, I think he's right. I think everything he said about <laughs> he Cashman have, is right.
0: I have his name hyphenated. Yes.
1: Yes. Hi, Cashman, Stry, Cashman
0: Steinbrenner. He's not going anywhere. He's going to go because it's bad for business. Nope. Your core audience. It's family. Watching that game yesterday, <laughs> half-empty stadium against Washington. You are losing. Who cares? Yeah. It just looks bad right now. Yeah, it, it looks
1: bad. But if, if the team is losing to Washington, is you know Cashman put the team together? But oh, who cares? If there is a fallout guy, it'll be boom. But God, could you imagine? What if they run it back? What if they don't change anything? Nobody's considering that the Yankees could just run it
0: back and bring back both guys if the Mets were actually winning and stealing headlines and stealing dollars, then you wouldn't even consider that for a second. So the Yankees should operate in that space that, Hey, these aren't the old Mets. At least they'll spend money. They're still bad, but uh, we've got, I'll drink that next in the sports bar. Some takes on tap. Yeah, I, I, uh the Buffalo Bills, like we're making a lot of this. I'm going to tell you what this season really comes down to here. All these problems, so to speak, that we're you know, encountering right now as uh, we're wrapping up the preseason and also my week one spotlight game. And it's one of these games like, wait a second, that line looks too good to be true. And, my, and this is always the trap, like when you're like, oh, I'm taking this team because that team is so much better than this other team. You call it betting the chalk here? Yeah. Should I bet the chalk on Jaguars and
1: Colts? Okay, we'll get into that. Uh, I've got, I'm, I'm excited to announce that I have discovered my latest and new football man crush we can look back in time, uh, you know, I certainly felt this way about Richard Sherman.
3: Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get.
1: At his peak, I would say that's a guy I want on my team. It's a player that's on another team that you're like, when you see him play and you watch what he does, you're like, oh, my God, I want that guy on my team. We felt this way about a, a 6'4", 235-pound quarterback out of North Dakota State with blue-collar work ethic and Midwestern values until we learned not a team guy, and now he can't
0: find work. We felt that way about Carson Wentz when he was a rookie. When he was- so... You're trying to weigh out the two. Is this guy a potential, hey, very steady NFL player, maybe in the Hall of Fame Richard Sherman someday, or a flame out like Carson Wentz? We've been talking
1: about him enough this preseason. I'm head over heels. I'm smitten. I have my new football man crush. I'll tell you who it is and why he is worthy. I'll drink to that is on the way next. You're in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia, the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.